take their strike from Alabama to Wall Street while striking workers in Italy vow to fight on after their union leader is killed in an attack on their picket line. Every day, workers across the globe are rising up to defend their humanity and fight for their dignity on the job. In a time of both record poverty and record profiteering, the billionaire bosses have created the very circumstances for workers to lose their fear and demand everything that they deserve. As the class struggle advances, the stories of workers are front and center here. This is On the Picket Line, and I'm your host, Monica Cruz. You just heard striking miners from the Warrior Met coal mines in Brookwood, Alabama, picketing outside the Manhattan office of BlackRock Fund Advisors. I joined them at their energetic picket line on Wednesday morning as they called out the multi-trillion dollar investment management service for its role as the biggest investor in the mines, where 1,100 coal miners have been on strike for almost three months. The workers are demanding an end to pay cuts and the company's so-called four-strike disciplinary policy. They're also demanding more affordable health care costs and more holidays off. As Warrior Met has continued to refuse to bargain in good faith, the UMWA charged the company with unfair labor practices. After holding it down on the picket lines almost every day since April 1st, a group of striking miners decided to make the trip to New York City to bring their message to Warrior Met Cole's Wall Street backers. They handed out thousands of flyers titled BlackRock Harms Working Families, which described the investment firm's role in denying them the fair treatment they deserve while they work to make its investors billions of dollars. I spoke with Brian Siebel, a striking miner from Tuscaloosa County, Alabama, who traveled to take part in the picket outside of Black Rock this week. We came to picket outside of Black Rock because they're the main, they're, they're Warrior Met's main investor group. And uh, we, we feel that if we get the word out in New York, maybe we can put a little pressure on Black Rock to maybe, maybe talk to these guys and say, hey, you know, put our people back to work and, and do what's right. That's, that's what we're hoping for. We're, we're hoping to bring Alabama working values to the corporate. Again, that was Brian Siebel, a striking miner who traveled from Alabama to New York City to join the picket line outside Black Rock. Now, the only reason why the Warrior Met Mines even exists today is because workers pooled their own money to help purchase the mines, which were owned by Walter Energy, and thus saved the company from bankruptcy in 2016. In their last contract, which expired on April 1st, they accepted a $6 an hour pay cut and sacrificed a host of other benefits to help the company get back on its feet. Since then, they've worked hard to get Warrior Met out the red and earned the company record profits. Despite this, Warrior Met has refused to give workers their fair cut. The strikers have continued to receive a tremendous amount of support from their community. The Union Locals Women's Auxiliary has coordinated a strike relief pantry to make sure the miners can keep their families fed while forfeiting their pay. 
Leaders in the national labor movement, like Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO, Liz Schuler, have traveled to Brookwood to join the strikers. Workers and other union locals have also joined them on the picket line. And in New York, too, members of the RWDSU and Teamsters came through to join the picket line outside BlackRock. I spoke with Elliot Lewis, a UPS driver and Teamsters Local 804 member, on why he felt it was so important to join the miners in his home city at their picket line. I've been following the struggle for a while. You know, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty big fight. Um, and so I wanted to you know, crowd support however I could. What do you think about the fact that they chose this right here, BlackRock Financial Services, as the location for this picket in New York? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense because BlackRock and some of these other hedge funds, you know, have a controlling share in their employer. Um, so they potentially have a lot of leverage, you know, in telling the employer like, it's time to settle, it's time to give these, these uh, you know, workers a fair contract. They've been, you know, they, they, they gave, they've been working throughout the pandemic. They've been... Um, and they're just asking for, you know, very reasonable, uh, just increase in wages um, and their working conditions. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense to take the fight here. Again, that was Elliot Lewis, a UPS driver and Teamsters Local 804 member who joined the striking miners at their picket line outside Black Rock on Wednesday morning. Now, as the miners have stood strong on the picket line, they faced escalating intimidation and violence from Warrior Met employees. Back in late May, 11 miners were arrested and charged with trespassing for rallying outside a mine. Then, in early June, four separate vehicular attacks spanning four days in a row were carried out by Warrior Met employees, who drove their vehicles through the picket lines, injuring a handful of strikers. Several disturbing videos of the attacks have circulated on social media, with a source telling me that some have been taken down so they may be used in court charges against the company. So far, not a single Warrior Met employee has been arrested or charged for these crimes. The UMWA International President Cecil E. Roberts addressed these vicious attacks in a statement, writing, quote, Warrior Met personnel, either management or non-union workers, have repeatedly struck our members who are engaging in legal picket line activities with their vehicles. He went on to say, quote, I call on Warrior Met to back away from violence and finally come to the bargaining table in good faith, ready to hammer out a fair and reasonable agreement. But if Warrior Met decides to continue inspiring violence on the picket lines, their leadership should understand that UMWA members have been subjected to company violence for 131 years and will not be deterred from seeking a fair contract for them and their families. We are still here and we will remain here long after those leaders are gone. End quote. Here, Roberts is clearly alluding to the militant and often violent history of mine workers organizing around the turn of the 20th century. Unionized miners had no choice but to take up arms against private detectives hired by coal companies to break up unions and target union organizers through unfettered violence. When I attended the picket line outside of BlackRock, I spoke with one of the strikers, Dedrick Garner, on his reaction to the violence on the picket lines in Brookwood about that, I feel that um, it's something that the world should see and the world should know. Um, that this is the type of company that we deal with. These are the type of people that you know, that are running this company. 
I've been there before those individuals came, and that company was not like that before. Um, intimidation, it doesn't bother me, but it bothers me when they try to intimidate one of my brothers and sisters. And at the end of the day, we're all adults trying to take care of our families. So intimidation is not necessary. He also described why he felt it was so important to take this fight to the front doors of Warrior Met's biggest investors. It was important to take steps to the next level, to let the whole world know what we're going through, what our families have to deal with. It's just not a situation with just us and our families, but it affects the communities that surround it too as well. And whatever it takes, we're going to be one day longer, one day stronger. That was Dedrick Garner, a striker at the Warrior Met Mines, speaking as he picketed outside of Black Rock in New York City. And across the Atlantic, a recent vehicular attack on a picket line killed a labor union leader. In Italy, shipping logistics workers and members of the SI Cobas Union have been on a nationwide strike for several months now. In an attack last week, a national union leader named Adil Belectum was killed after being hit by a truck that had rammed its way through a picket line in the city of Novara. The attack sent a couple other strikers to the hospital. It was not an accident. Adil was killed in the name of Profit, and they went on to list other recent attacks on picket lines across the country, stating, quote, the police charges at FedEx and Piazenza, the arrest and the travel warrants and fines against the strikes, the armed attacks by bodyguards and scabs and San Giuliano and Lodi, and the punitive raids at Texprint two days ago are part of a single design under which the bosses and organized crime act in a united and concentric way to crush with force and violence the strikes of the workers against super exploitation and in defense of the achievements won over the years by militant unions, primarily by S.I. Cobas, end quote. They went on to say that, quote, this explicit and deployed violence is just the tip of the iceberg of political strategy aimed at silencing workers' demands and isolating class unionism, functional to pave the way for the next governmental measures to attack the living conditions and wages of millions of workers, end quote. This brutal and deadly attack in Italy and the attacks on the striking miners in Alabama reminded me of the onslaught of vehicular attacks against protesters during the anti-racist uprising of last summer. According to a report from USA Today, at least 104 incidents of people driving vehicles into protest occurred between May 27th through September 5th of last year. 104 incidents! This included 96 attacks by civilians and eight by police, according to Ari Well, a terrorism researcher at the University of Chicago's Project on Security and Threats. These attacks have galvanized conservative lawmakers across the country to push legislation that would give legal immunity to those enacting this brutality against protests that block roads. Lawmakers in Iowa, Missouri, Oklahoma, Utah, and about a dozen other states have introduced measures to stop the roadblocking protest tactic, propose increased penalties for demonstrators who go on highways, and allow the perpetrators of vehicular assaults to get off scot-free. 
All in all, the crooked bosses and reactionary right wing seem to think that unchecked violence will put an end to the righteous resistance of workers and marginalized communities. And if there's anything at all that we can learn from the history of struggle and mass movement building, it's that the opposite is true. This country witnessed it firsthand during last year's uprising. Despite violence from police and the far right, people continued to pour into the streets night after night demanding justice. It's clear that from Brookwood, Alabama to Navarra, Italy and beyond, workers are growing more agitated, more willing to fight and more ready to stay on the picket line every day, regardless of the threat of violence. And that's it for this week's episode of On the Picket Line. Make sure you're following Breakthrough News at BT Newsroom on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find us by looking up Breakthrough News anywhere else.